and thank you for tuning in. Welcome to a new episode of the Passion for Technology podcast by EBV Electronic. Welcome to the Passion for Technology podcast. Electromobility used to rank high among climate-neutral alternative modes of transportation. Given the ambitious CO2 reduction goals set by various courts and governing bodies in the Western world, like the German Federal Constitutional Court and the EU Commission, just to name two, electromobility has become the dominant force favored by consumers and industry alike. Thus, quick and easy charging of electric vehicle batteries has moved into focus. Experts predict that we will see rapid progress in capacity and quick charging technologies. I'm your host, Mustafa Izik, and I'm joined by our guest, André Orel, Director, Segment City and Infrastructure of EBV Electronic, who will help us understand what's happening in the space of EV charging. Welcome, André. Hello, Mustafa. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. André, what's the state of electromobility in 2021? How would you describe the state of the EV market today? Well, the electromobility, actually, it's a huge opportunity for all of us. It's a very important part of the industry and global initiative, even governmental initiatives, which brings together a huge ecosystems like automakers, like smart grid companies, utilities, and so on. And, of course, what is of crucial value is also that it's really important to reach our carbon-neutral goals until 2030 and above. Andre, people are interested in electric vehicles and in the charging that obviously comes with it. There are certain aspects that consumers and industry alike, but especially consumers, look at, right? They look at the portfolio of available models, which you mentioned. Then people look at the capacity and the range that electric vehicles offer, especially compared to gasoline-driven vehicles. And then another aspect that each and everyone I know of really cares deeply about is the availability of charging points, of charging stations, the distribution of those. I mean, how advanced is the infrastructure in terms of quantity and distribution of such charging points and also in terms of available charging speeds? Do I need to be worried that I end up not being able to find a charging station that's a very good question. Just imagine if you would like to drive from Munich to Dubrovnik in Croatia with your e-vehicle. And what does it mean for you, for your family, for behavior? How many stops you have to plan? The charging speed is one of the crucial value when deciding to the enter into the e-mobility world. And, uh, of course, the infrastructure predicted that the fastest charging stations needs to be placed along the highways. And in terms of power, those charging stations will provide from 350 up to 500 kilowatt power, which means a very fast charging event. This is something where the users needs to benefit. This is something the charging experience will actually create judgments on the user side to enter into the e-vehicle investment or not. So, Andre, when you mentioned 300 kilowatt hours or 500, what does that mean in terms of time spent at the charging station? Will I need to plan for, you know, extended lunches with the family while driving to Dubrovnik? 
<laughs> well, it's a simple equation if at the end of the day. Just imagine if you have a 100 kilowatt hour battery, that means that just a simple equation taking the 500 kilowatt charging station, that your car will be charged in one fifth of an hour. So 12 minutes in that case. 12 minutes in that case. That's interesting. And I mean, another interesting aspect is what you mentioned just before, that the distribution or the availability of charging stations is supposed to increase 50-fold over the next 9 to 10 years. These are the predictions forecasts from Bloomberg and Gartner. Factor 50 means that e-mobility will pull in whole new innovations into the complete smart grid arena. That means not only building new power plants, but let's say the artificial intelligence plugins, which will be plugged on the end nodes like meters, like edge computing and so on, which will pay attention on the differentiators of the features of each charging event. And all will be built to serve the best experience for the user. Andre, when we stick to, let's say, charging speeds and the availability of charging points, one very attractive aspect about electric vehicle charging is that I can have my own charging station at home, or at least in the vicinity of my home. What about charging speeds there? How do they relate to the charging stations that I can expect along highways or in commercial areas? For the home and the residential areas, we use chargers or so-called wall boxes. And we have two different types of wall boxes, if you want. And let me explain the difference between the AC and DC kind of wall box. So the AC type of wall box, it's only forwards the AC voltage from the grid to the onboard charger, which is in your car. And the onboard charger in the car is actually performing the charging experience. And these kind of wall boxes are widely spread today. The DC kind of wall box is real DC charging solution. It performs the AC-DC and DC-DC conversion, which all EV chargers do. And therefore, the DC wall box makes the onboard charger, which is in your vehicle, obsolete. And does that mean that DC charging at home is faster or slower? Or what are the implications? DC charging at home is faster. It's much more predictable. And actually, you can use it in power levels up to 22 kilowatt. And this can make your charging at home very similar to the semi-public places, much faster. And in terms of time spent in terms of filling an almost emptied battery in my electric vehicle? Do I have to plan for an overnight stay or is DC making things possible within a few hours? Well, it's again the same equation. If you want to connect your 100 kilowatt hour battery to the 10 kilowatt charger, it will take approximately 10 hours. It depends on your consumers. It depends on is your car fully empty or you need to charge just half a tank, for instance. How important are initiatives like charging interface initiative EV in Germany, for instance, in developing the charging infrastructure? What success are they having? The charging association contribution is very important. 
they are paying attention on the definition and of the evolution, which is important, of the CCS-related standard. CCS stands for Combined Charging System Standards. And of course, what is also very important to uh, certification of the CCS-based products. And under the charging umbrella, of course, we need to pay attention on the global interoperability because there are several different stakeholders like automakers, charging station manufacturers, component suppliers, energy providers and grid operators and many others which needs to continue working on interoperable models of charging where vehicles and chargers and software associated that needs to work together. Andre, charging electric vehicle batteries and starting with a battery of 100 kilowatt hours capacity in an electric vehicle, you mentioned how charging within residential areas is possible up to 22 kilowatt hours, which translates to speeds a little less than five hours for a full charge. And you also mentioned how charging with high-speed chargers in commercial areas is possible up to 350 or if I understood right, up to 500 kilowatt hours. Where does that development lead us? Can we expect these types of charging speeds and charging performances to even increase further? That's a very good question. I believe that the battery capacity will rise on the longevity outlook. Definitely, we need to pay attention also on the backbone uh, smart grid infrastructure to support um, especially the highway infrastructures with these fast level DC chargers. And these are the challenges for the future, right? Andre, what are key components of charging points? So from the key component point of view, I would like to highlight three modules, which are part of each charging station. And these are the main controller board or so-called charge controller, power stage, especially for the fast DC charging stations and so-called HMI human-machine interface. These are the three key parts. And then we have a lot of, let's say, subunits connected to connectivity, wired and wireless connectivity, connected to the socket control with all this anti-tampering associated to that and security. Then we have the e-energy gateway functionality because each charging station is actually an energy gateway or from the industrial eyes, a simple switch box. As someone who works for Europe's largest semiconductor distributor, can you tell us something about the role that semiconductors currently play in EV charging infrastructure, Andre? Semiconductors play a crucial role in EV charging industry. As you can see here today, with all the supply troubles, what we have, the semiconductors are rising in electrification and in immobility. Nowadays, we put a lot of attention into the IoT technologies, leveraging big data to create value. You know, the IoT technologies will be part of the smart grid infrastructure and of the EV charging ecosystems. And the trend cannot be reversed. I mean, the EV charging infrastructure will only rise in terms of semiconductor. And there is also a lot of pressure on the semiconductor manufacturers. Like our customers are asking for more robust parts, lower cost, size, speed, and so on. As I mentioned, the EV charging infrastructure and also whole smart grid infrastructure following that is actually the edge of the energy transition. 
And that's a very huge opportunity for all of us for the next 10 to 20 years. Would you say that semiconductor electronics can also help in making vehicle charging even faster than it is today and especially even more efficient? Sure. There are technologies which are on the rise, like white beta gap, which will replace on the long run the existing silicon carbide and gun MOSFETs and modules which are used today. And this is something where we need to pay more attention, especially for the fast DC chargers. Looking beyond increased charging speeds, another goal for the future is that batteries will also be able to store surplus renewable energy. What needs to be done technically to make this happen? And what needs to happen? in order to support bidirectionality between electric vehicle batteries and, let's say, the grid? Well, the, the battery storage is already part of the fast DC charging. And if we take a look on the big picture of EV charging uh, ecosystems, it is absolutely a must to bridge those ecosystems with others. Like we will have numerous chargers, basically, which can transport power in both directions. As you mentioned, V2G is here. We have storage at premises. We have renewables feeding the energy into our system. So all those ecosystems needs to work as one. And local household battery storage system and vehicle batteries supporting B2G will be used for future smart grid buffers storing surplus renewable energy, as you mentioned. This way, the grid will be much more predictable and there will be a wide space open also for attractive monetary incentives and energy transfers. We simply need to find a way how to bridge all those ecosystems together. Andre, artificial intelligence is driving a great many innovations in all kinds of information technology and electronics-driven segments. Would you say that AI could also play a role in managing the relationship between charging locations, available capacity, and demand when it comes to EV charging? Well, AI will play a very visible role in the future, not only from the EV charging point of view, but for the whole smart grid infrastructure point of view. And there are definitely a couple of scenarios associated with that. Actually, with applying AI into the energy sector, We are always playing with scenarios. That's what we do um, to make our life easier and to make it more attractive for the end user. And if I may mention some of them, like setting up the charging priority, it's a very simple scenario which is used in the home, in residential areas, or optimizing the future EV charging infrastructure costs. And this is especially attractive for the facilities with several cars in the parking garage and leveraging the ability of vehicle to be smart during the period of demand chargers, and so on and so on. One of the very good example is when we have a peak solar output, and you know that there are also a couple of German utilities which are ready to pay to the customers to absorb those solar power. Here, the vehicle storage can be of use for the grid stabilization resource. So we are on a good way to use our e-vehicles to store the energy and use or sell to the grid whenever the conditions are there. Comparing charging terminals for EV charging to traditional gas pumps, I find that makes charging terminals for EV charging you know, look like beacons of high technology. And looking at them, you quickly realize, just as you mentioned, that they facilitate communications with the smart grid. They also provide for, in many cases, contactless payment mechanisms. How can the risk 
of hacks or malware paralyzing such complicated charging infrastructure components? How can they, such attacks be mitigated? The whole IoT world is exposed to the hacks. And cyber attacks are something what we are facing now for a long time. And of course, the, the EV charging infrastructure defined some of the standards like ISO 15118, international standard for with the concept of plug and charge. Actually, the idea for plug and charge is simple. You, know, you charge your car, you plug it into the public charging station, and that's it. The technology itself and the protocol itself, it's ready to identify who you are and let you pay automatically. And this is actually all embedded into the secure communication protocol itself. And of course, it allows also the bidirectional charging, which is very important for the future. And then if we go down to the component level, there are really wide portfolio of resistant microcontrollers even ones with the certified to the TPM to zero, which plays an essential role in the protecting and authentication of any involved entities, even the electricity meter. Andre, thank you for giving us a glimpse into the multifaceted world of EV charging. Thank you for the insights that you've shared with us today. Closing the show, I would very much love to know when and how you developed your individual passion for technology. Thank you, Mustafa. I developed my passion for technology in last 20 years, more and more. I mean, the semiconductor industry is so dynamic, so much changes and informations around. And when we are riding such a global trends like e-mobility and EV charging, it's even more adrenaline and passion. This is where I found myself. Dear listeners, if you'd like to get in touch with Andre, feel free to contact him via LinkedIn. Just search for Andre Orel, that is A-N-D-R-E-J, and the last name is spelled O-R-E-L. Please feel free to subscribe to our podcast, Passion for Technology, on either Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of the other popular podcasting platforms. Andre, thank you for joining our show. Thank you very much, Mustafa.